So, Pete, what are we talking about today? Choo-choo, motherfucker. <laughs> All right, I am immediately out. Welcome to Fearless Films. Fearless Films is a podcast where a horror movie buff... Choo-choo. I, I can't. I'm not. No. I don't care. All right. One time. One time. We're talking about this after this. Fearless Films is a podcast where a horror movie buff, that's Pete, breaks down scary movies for the scaredy cat, that's me, so they don't have to watch the film. Pete? I've been riding the train, Kev. I hate the train. I hate you. I hate everything about this. I was riding the terror train. Oh. This is why I hate the holiday season, Pete. Why do you say that, Kev? Holiday-related horror movies don't work. Halloween one horror movie franchise based around a holiday that works. If we just keep trying to do Halloween, it'll work eventually. Let's just remake that shit again. Kev, today I'm here to tell you about Terror Train, the 1980s, or specifically 1980 Canadian slasher film that is based around a New Year's Eve celebration. Never have I wanted to hear those that combination of words. 1980 Canadian slasher New Year's film. How yep. did you find this movie? Uh, well, the shorter answer is I Google searched New Year's themed <laughs> horror movies. Don't get, no, no, no. Don't let them know. Don't let them peek behind the curtain, Pete. This is supposed to be mystical and you're supposed to be a guru. Well, no, I, to be fair, I've always heard of Terror Train because it's uh, it's one of th- three movies in a row that Jamie Lee Curtis did at the start of her career that were all slashers. She was just kind of just shotgunning this, huh? Let's just do a shit ton of these slasher movies and see if one of them works, which I guess worked for her, but still. Yeah. She did Halloween, Terror Train, and Prom Night. I think what broke the chain is that one of them wasn't based on a holiday, so... <laughs> she was like, all right, I, 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 don't see, I don't see what's in it in there anymore, you know? I don't feel it anymore. It's, she, she's still doing stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's still very active. She must be kind of on the old... She can't exactly be the, the final girl anymore. <laughs> I mean, she. I mean, they just did a sort of semi remake slash late sequel to Halloween, so she still is. I just, I just picture her at this point. Maybe because in my mind, like she's actually lived through all of these horror movies that she's like the character has actually is like a veteran of these. So she's like this grizzled old soul, like smoking a cigar, being like, "Hey, you gotta kill her after you." I know how to deal with those. And no, then, like, yeah, burns them to death. You basically just described the latest Halloween film. Oh, see? Okay, so I'm on, I'm on the same wavelengths as other people. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you got it. So this is, uh, this is before Halloween fame, right? Uh, no, it's after. Well, I mean, this is before Halloween became really big, right? I mean, it was, it was big when it came Halloween out. Halloween is a schlocky <laughs> slap fest that I hate, right? <laughs> no. Halloween never really got big, right? Okay, just stop, just stop talking. Just I know stop. a lot about horror movies, Pete. No, you don't. Terror Train is... Terror Train. 
I just, well, I, here's the thing, Kev. This has happened before, but I don't know if it's just because last week's movie was so bad. But this one I thought was pretty good. You're, they've bludgeoned down your expectations so low that any sort of morsel of quality cinema you just gobble up like it's a fine cuisine. I think so. That might be how this is working. But I had a good time watching it. This was my first time ever watching Terror Train, and I found it really enjoyable. So, Pete, it sounds so. This has been a couple movies now that we've that you said that this is the first time you're watching it. Are you saying that this podcast is actually like growing? your repertoire of horror movies it's making you more of a horror movie buff than you were even before uh yes that is correct i'm glad that this is able to provide positive impact upon your life because it sure as hell didn't doing anything for me oh come on (laughs) you're getting something out of this nightmares mostly but not the kind you'd think of like these are the (laughs) the this was such a terrible terrible movie nightmares not the i'm really scared nightmares I was also going to say that it's given you such great one-liners as Arlette. <laughs> Listen, uh, Arlette was good, uh, but I'm kind of like it. Like the weirdness factor of that is kind of fading for me. What I like now is the absolute inane stupidity of the obviousness, like terror train. Let me guess. There's horrific things happening on a train, Pete. What makes you say that? Because horror movie producers and directors have no imagination at all well would you like to hear about the terror train i'm all on board for the terror train pete oh leave the station okay so the movie opens nowhere near a train yeah that's what i'm talking about baby you're not surprised at all are you not one bit so this is an interesting film in that there isn't any mystery as to who the killer is. <laughs> this guy just wanders on covered in blood with a knife. Hey, I got a ticket. All right, come on aboard, sir. No, no. So the movie opens. Um, the film focuses on a group of friends who are all college students, right? Wow. What? College student friends getting together in a horror movie? I know, novel. <laughs> So um, the film opens, they're, they're having a New Year's Eve party at their frat house. And basically what happens is they're pulling a prank on one of their nerdy, loser, loner uh, classmates, this kid wow. named Kenny. Super nice. Super 80s so far. Oh, very. He's super shy and awkward and a virgin. So they're like, hey, <laughs> Kenny, we found one of the girls who will actually sleep with you. You just have to go upstairs to the bedroom and meet her there. This is like every raunchy comedy from that time frame so far. Yeah, it's par for course. So this kid goes upstairs to this bedroom, and they 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 convince Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Elena, to help in the prank, even though she didn't want to. So they're like, Elena wants to sleep with you. Go upstairs and meet her. So what happens is she's hiding in the closet of this dark bedroom, and she's like calling to him to come into the room. So he goes in there. He thinks she's in the bed. And when he gets into the bed, this is where it goes from silly, raunchy comedy to fucked up entirely. These kids are are in a medical school. They're all med students. In the bed is a cadaver. Wow. Super classy. Yeah. So this kid, Kenny, freaks the fuck out and starts screaming and like just having a full on panic attack. 
and then everyone runs in the room and starts pointing and laughing at him. You know what? It's better than it could have gone with the way that a- 80s horror movie goes places. I thought that there was going to be some necrophilia for a second. No, no, no. He doesn't. He like as soon as he gets right up next to the body, he's like, oh, fuck. And it's just a dead body. Cool. Super yeah. great, guys. Yeah, these are a great group of kids. Um, of course, the leader, the guy who instigated this prank, is like the probably the... named Buzz. Uh, no, his name's Doc. What? Everyone just calls him Doc. I don't know if that's supposed to be the character's name or just a nickname, but that's what he's credited as. They're in fucking med school. Everybody's Doc, right? But this, like, he's the stereotypical like alpha male of the group, and he's the asshole who everyone hangs out with, despite the fact that he treats everyone like shit. Yeah, I'm gonna call um, him Buzz. You know what I liked about this? I didn't realize this actor was in the movie. You know who plays Doc? Uh, Patrick Stewart. No, <laughs> that would be amazing though. <laughs> Number one, pull the prank. <laughs> no, the actor who plays Doc is the guy who played Ellis in Die Hard. You know, the one who goes up to the terrorist is like, Hans, Booby, oh, yeah. I'm here to help you make a deal. So he's got the same character in every movie he's in. This could if this could be a prequel. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he just skips, he jumps out of med school and gets into business school, and then you know the rest is history. So the movie then cuts to three years later. Okay, so they were just being like, look at this trauma-inducing incident. Cool. You know what happens next. Yeah. It's it's mentioned later in the movie that Kenny ended up in a psychiatric hospital because he was traumatized from the events. Uh, would you say that they the people who did this, who pulled this prank, were naughty and they need to be punished? Yes, but maybe um, faster and more intense, Kev. <laughs> Naughty! Punish! <laughs> yeah. So we cut to three years later. They're all seniors now. And oh, they're having like another... Junior, that was like sophomore year? Freshman year? Yeah, Damn. I guess. Because they're still in college. Although med school, so you're in college for like half your life. Um. So they're throwing another New Year's Eve party. But this time they went all out and they're having a costume party on a train. Why? I, I, don't, I don't see the allure of train parties. I don't, it just it seems was, like a squashier version of a regular party. I swear to God, Kev, whoever wrote this movie had like was a train model train enthusiast or something. <laughs> because there is a B-plot in this film where all the dudes, like the conductor and the engineers, all the dudes working on the train, it keeps cutting to them, and they're discussing the value of trains over airplanes. Like, the, like one of them's like, you know, trains aren't going to be a thing in three years, and the other guy's like, no way, trains will be around forever. And As they're the, shoveling coal into the furnace, I'm guessing. Yeah, pretty much. And the older guy's like, you know, I'm going to be retiring soon. I got out just in time. This is a B-plot for the film, where these old guys are talking about trains. And this movie was obviously uh, bankrolled by big trains. Apparently. Trying to get the, the word out there to support your local train company. I don't know how that works. I don't know, man, but th- there was a lot of screen time invested to the importance of trains. All right, so is the terrific, like, is the terror that's involved in this 
movie, the fact that like we will be only beholden to airlines in, in coming days, airlines and bus companies will have a monopoly over our longer distance travel. That like the deep existential terror that they're trying to instill upon us. No, no, the terror in this movie is from, you know, somebody who's stabbing people. But I think okay. there's a whole nother movie in what you were just talking about. There's just a lower level ten- terror. The the stabbing, okay, fine. You know, terror, right, I get it. Schlocky terror, whatever. But the deep terror is the decline of modern railroad. Sure, yes. <laughs> Moving on. So everybody's getting ready to get on the train and you've got your main cast of characters are all pretty stereotypical. You got the asshole doc, the final girl, Elena, Jamie Lee Curtis, token black dude, Jackson. Cause yeah, that, was that's, the, yeah. that was the most obvious name they could have given his character. <laughs> Elena's best friend, Mitchie, uh, Michelle, who's also doc's girlfriend. Ooh, definitely dead. Probably the first sex scene. Uh, maybe <laughs> Elena's boyfriend Mo, who's just sort of like a doofy, average everyman guy. Um, Mo. and you have the class clown Ed, who's dressed as Groucho Marx. Of course, he is. So, right off the bat, when they're on the platform, and this is at nighttime, mind you, Ed is pulling pranks like as soon as they show up, but then when they're boarding the train. Ed stumbles into view and he's got like a sword through him and everyone's like, oh, Ed, oh, that's a great one, dude. That looks so real. And he's and he like sort of stumbles and falls over and everyone laughs. And then everyone gets on the train and doesn't realize he's actually dead. (laughs) There's no there's nobody that isn't in this friend group being like, hey, guys, your friend's still lying out there. I think he's committing to this bit a little too hard. Nobody pays attention to the fact that he doesn't come on board. Also, a sword? I d- don't. I don't know. Sword? They just stabbed him straight through. That's weird, right? Very weird. So the killer takes his Groucho costume and then sneaks on board. Ah, that's why all the promotional po- posters have a Groucho mask in them. Yeah, they immediately change into something else after the next kill, by the way. The Groucho thing isn't the default thing. Good, because that's a weird look. (laughs) Now, here's what I found interesting about the movie. Obviously, we know the killer's Kenny. What? They they fucking traumatize this kid, and he's going to come back for revenge. What I like about the movie is that the mystery is, where is Kenny at any given time? Because he keeps switching costumes after he kills people. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to guess he's on the train. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Kev. I'm smart. Yeah. So the train, I guess, is just traveling all night. That's the plan. And they're going to celebrate New Year's while they're on it. I I I don't know. I think sometimes that's a thing. I think you can, like, book a train to just go. And then you have this big party and everybody's excited. And then when the party's over, you're like... 8,000 miles from where you fucking started and nowhere to get back home. So, uh, great time. So, they're good. The, the train party is just going to be, you know, the, they have drinks, they have music. There's a band in one of the cars. Like a live I think band. this movie's really playing up how much stuff you can fit in a train car. Well, it gets better because in another car, they've hired a professional magician to perform for everyone. Wow. Played by actual legendary magician, David Copperfield. They got fucking David Copperfield to perform on their shitty train party? 
Well, How not, loaded are these med students? He's not playing David Copperfield. <laughs> I guess I did research. This was his only acting role where he like just wasn't himself. And he didn't like it. Because he didn't like to have to like read lines and pretend to be some like it just bothered him and he wasn't into it. He's like, I'm fucking David Copperfield. I don't need to pretend to be somebody else. I'm <laughs> David Copperfield. And also, all the magic he performs in the movie, he just was actually performing in front of the camera. So it's all really happening. It's as all were. real magic, folks. Hell yeah. David Copperfield is a wizard. So, yeah, it's like him and his hot blonde assistant come on board as well. And they're like, we're going to perform some tricks every now and then whenever the mu- the movie feels like coming back to this plot line. <laughs> when we realize that the the pace has kind of slagged a little bit, free magic. Pretty pretty much, that's how it works. So, the first person to die on the train, I'm going to let you guess, Kev. Ooh, uh, girlfriend to the, the asshole dude. No. No? Is it the, no, the prankster already went. Black guy? Yeah, that's right, it's yeah, the black course. guy. Yep. It was either going to be the sex scene death or the random black guy death. Yep, the killer follows him into a bathroom and smashes his head so hard into the mirror that he dies in one hit. Wow. Kenny's yep. been working out. <laughs> so um, a little while after that, the conductor f- walks into the bathroom and he sees this dead body on the ground and there's blood and he's like, holy shit. And they immediately stop the train, call the police, get everybody off board, catch the killer because it's pretty easy when you're actually going to line up. End of movie. Kev, you know, you know these things too well, don't you? <laughs> No, he goes back to the like the, uh, the 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 train car where all the employees are. Doesn't tell anyone else. What? But just goes to one of the other conductor guys and is just like, "I've just seen something horrible. You need to come see this." Let's do nothing else. Yep. But by the time they get back there, all the blood is gone and the person in the costume just sort of gets up and it's like they pretend like they're drunk because now it's Kenny in Jackson's costume. Wow. Look at and that. the other guy's like, you couldn't tell a drunk college kid from a dead body. I think you, it, you are right. You are retiring soon. <laughs> it so was another the- prank from the prankster. Get it? It's a sword <laughs> gag. That's hilarious. It'll never get old. So the killer is once again free to wander about and do whatever, and everyone doesn't know that anything is happening. Although I will say, I don't know where Jackson's body ended up. Off the train. Just pushed him out the window. Maybe, because they never talk about it again. Just a littering of corpses following this train as the movie (laughs) progresses. So after that, you know, like I said, there's a few scenes of B-plot with the conductor and people just talking about random shit. Um, there's a really funny running joke in the movie where there's a sleeper compartment. And every time a main character walks through there, doesn't matter who it is, they'll inevitably poke their head into one of the co- like the bed compartments. And it's always the same one. And you always hear a couple go, hey, man, get out of here. We're busy. <laughs> <laughs> they just look. They love that gag so much. They just kept going with it. It happens like three times in the movie where anybody who's wandering through that car is just like, who's what's going on in here? <laughs> so the next person to go is Mitchie, Elena's best friend. Oh man, I'm getting I'm getting these calls all wrong. 
<laughs> she's wandering around. She finds who she thinks is Jackson and is like, why don't you come back to the one of the bedrooms with me and we'll uh, have some fun? Because apparently Man. she's just done with her boyfriend, Doc, and wants to <laughs> cheat on him. I was going to say, like, I just these movies are really giving the wrong perception of how easy these girls are to sleep with. I mean, it's an 80s movie, Kev. That's yeah. <laughs> so they climb into one of the bed compartments and she lays back and closes her eyes and she's like, do whatever you want with me. So the killer, with a sick sense of humor, takes one of Jackson's severed hands. Oh, okay. And, so and, there's a clue about what happened to the body. Yep. And begins caressing her chest with it. But then just sort of puts it down and lets it lay limp. So when she opens her eyes to see what's going on, right as she's about to scream, he puts his hands on her throat and then it cuts away. And we, you know, obviously she's about to be murdered. We don't know that. It could be anything, Pete. Yeah. Okay, Kev. <laughs> Later on, the fucking conductor stumbles upon this body as well, because this guy just has the worst luck. And once again, does not immediately go to alert anyone. Doesn't call out in terror alarm or anything. He's just like, oh, here we go again. Nothing. Uh, but of course, but fortunately this time, Elena walks in and he has, you know, no choice but to tell her, like, your friend is dead. Whoops. So we're now alerted to danger at the very least. Yay. Meanwhile, meanwhile, at the the same time, the magic show is going on, right? Ooh. And for some reason, Doc hates the magician. Like, he's just not a fan of magic and keeps, like, booing and catcalling while the dude's doing his shit. Well, Doc seems to just kind of hate everything and probably himself deep down, so. I think so. So Doc and Mo, Elena's boyfriend, are watching the show. And, you know, Doc's like, ah, you suck. And Mo's just like, whatever, man, just watch the show. <laughs> and everyone else is having a great time. The dude's doing some cool shit. But here's like during it's the David per- fucking Copperfield. Of course he is. I'm surprised he didn't make the train disappear. <laughs> right. Like he does. He makes his female assistant levitate. And he does a cool trick where he fucking teleports across the room. I don't know how the fuck he did that, but it was awesome. It's a movie, Pete. They probably edited it. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) It's magic. But so during the performance, at one point, Mo just sort of like stops talking and is just sort of slumped over. He looks drunk and passed out. And Doc is like, buddy, doesn't this guy suck? Come on, say something. And then he like Mo topples over and Doc realizes that he's like bleeding all over his chest. What the hell happened? Did David Copperfield teleport his heart to the other side of the room? <laughs> maybe, maybe. So Doc freaks out, picks up, you know, Mo and starts like he's trying to take him back to another room so he can check on him. And the whole time he's screaming, he's like, my friends hurt, my friends hurt. Everyone's just like, woo, party. Because <laughs> they're all very drunk at this point in the night, you know. So he gets him into another room and he runs into the conductor and Elena and he's like, something's wrong with Mo. And they rip his shirt open and he's just like covered in stab wounds. So the med students actually have a moment in the movie where they're trying to help someone who's physically wounded, but it's too late and Mo dies from his wounds. And nobody knows why. How did he get stabbed? It's a mystery. No, that's the David Copperfield stuff. Not that the stabbing's supposed to not be the mystery part. 
Choo-choo, Cal! No, we did that! I don't want to do it! I don't want to be on the train anymore! This is worse than I thought! There's stabbings! <laughs> There's magic! What's wrong with magic? I just, you know, it's all tricks and illusion. I don't like being tricked. Well, no tricks here, Kev. I'm just just here to take you on a break and talk about what we got coming up in the month of January, in the new year. Man, that segue was so smooth, Pete. I appreciated that. Listen, I'm just <laughs> waiting for 2020 to be over. Just let yeah. it be over, Kev. 2021 we're coming out with new episodes this is the last episode of 2020 and it is terrific ah, I you there. Terrific? yeah yeah you're very right. clever i am everybody says so in my head in my dreams all right so what are we doing uh now what's january uh we've got an interesting mix of movies to ring in the new year I would like to start with a fun little film that you may or may not have heard of called Cube. I have heard of that. The only thing I know about is that there's a bunch of rooms and people get sliced. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's kind of uh, it leans a little bit sci-fi, but it's about it's the typical people trapped in a location story, but in this case the location is a gigantic cube made up of a bunch of cubes, like room-sized cubes that all interconnect with each other. And the people don't know why they're there, how they got there, or how they escape. Fun. Yes. It's a strange movie, but it's I like it a lot, and I think you'll have a good time. Yeah, I always have great times with horror movies, Pete. <sighs> I brighten <laughs> your day, okay? All right, what are we doing next? What's after that? After that, we're going to do what is considered like a probably a marketing masterpiece in the horror genre. We're going to be talking about the original, The Blair Witch Project. Oh, I want to know about that one. I have. OK, I was around for that marketing masterpiece because I'm older and I do not understand what the big deal was. The big deal was basically everyone thought it was real. Everyone thought this was kind of a snuff film about three kids, three teenagers who went into the woods and all fucking died. Wait, people thought this was real? Yes, very much so. Basically, they didn't they they didn't do traditional press and marketing for the movie. They were just like this footage was found in the woods of of whatever. I think it was Maryland or something. And none of the actors in the movie like left their houses in the build up to the release of the film. Like they Holy just crap. wouldn't let themselves be seen to uh to keep the illusion that it was like a found footage type of thing. Wow. I I I didn't even know about that. Oh yeah, right. it was crazy. So that sounds pretty cool and I I do want to know what the story is because apparently that's some intricate witchy voodoo stuff going on there, right? <laughs> intricate witchy voodoo stuff. That's my official recommendation of the movie. No, Kev, I'm sorry. Nobody uses voodoo to inhabit the body of a doll or anything. Oh, so. that's my favorite thing they do in horror movies. As we nobody. all know, that's how voodoo works. Yes. Uh, after that, we're going to be talking about a more recent film, The Lodge, which is a psychological horror film about... Lodges. Lozenges? Thank you, Kev. Thanks. Houses yes. in the woods. It's about a, a woman and her two stepchildren becoming stranded in a rural lodge during Christmas time. Oh, it's a Christmas movie. I hope they learn the spirit of Christmas. 
I don't think that's what's going to happen. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. They might learn the spirit of rock and roll, however, because the main star of the film is the granddaughter of Elvis Presley. Ooh. <laughs> I don't, I, I used to know her name. I used to know everything a lot, Pete. Did you, though? What is her name? It ends with Presley. I know that. No, it doesn't actually end with Presley. Damn. Her name is Riley Keough. Why would she do this? I have a hard enough time remembering names anyways. You have to change your last name? I, I, don't worry about it, okay? <laughs> All right, what are we doing? Uh, I think we, we usually do like a classic after that, right? Or in general in a month. Are we doing any classics this month? Yes, we're going to close out the month of January with... Uh, we kind of did things in the wrong order. Oh, wow, really? We didn't have forethought or <laughs> foresight or planning in this? What a surprise. Ooh, what a guest. Uh, you remember before we talked about Dawn of the Dead, the George A. Romero zombie film about people stuck in a mall? Yeah, and then we talked about the, the remake that was worse, I think? Eh, it was okay. Uh, <laughs> we're going to go backwards and talk about the first George Romero zombie film, Night of the Living Dead. So he did Dawn of the Dead and Night of the Dead. And eventually like he did... He did Day of the Dead as well. Okay, so there's like a midday of the dead as well. Is there like a tea time of the dead? Afternoon of the dead. Brunch time dead. There's nap a whole time. lot of time for, yeah, nap time. Nap time for the dead. <laughs> so, but no, uh, Night of the Living Dead um, is a really great classic film that has a lot of interesting social commentary that George Romero takes none of the credit for. He's like, nah, I just wanted to make a zombie movie. <laughs> And everyone's like, yeah, but you cast a black lead in a 60s made film to make a, a, a commentary on race, right? And he's like, nah, I just liked him. <laughs> like, I don't know why, but for the dude's whole life, he refused to take credit for any of the masterpiece writing and and uh, cinema making of this film. He's just sort of like, nah, it just sort of happened. Well, didn't we talk about how there was a lot of undercurrents of capitalism is bad in uh, Dawn of the Dead? Yeah, which he did take credit for that one. I don't know what his deal was with the first movie, though. <laughs> He's like, I was just making a movie, guys. Calm down. That's why, like, every single writer that has books talked about in high school English classes. Guys, I, was oh, just, yeah. I just made the curtains blue. Please the stop curtains. writing essays about it. The good old curtains are blue. <laughs> All right. Well, those sound, that sounds like a good uh, rundown of movies, I guessed, because I don't know anything about any of them. But if you want to know more, or if you have any thoughts about movies you think like us to talk about, please get in touch with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or just email us. We're Fearless Films Podcast at Gmail, uh, at Fearless Film Pod on Twitter, and Fearless Films Podcast on Instagram. You can let us all know your thoughts and feelings about everything there. Uh, we've got a link to all that stuff directly on our Facebook page, so you can find one, you find us all, so. I think that's about it for all the things we need to yell at them about, right? Are you ready to get back on the train, Kev? Choo-choo, motherfucker. Choo-choo! All right, it's taking a bit, but I'm in. Let's do this. Let's just get on the train. Let's chop some bitches, you know, whatever stabby stabs there is. I don't know how it's working. They don't know how it's working. Some guys in a mask. Groucho Marx is everywhere. It's great. Let's do this on a train. All right. I'm glad that you're on board, Kev. 
Well, now I'm I'm regretting it a little bit because that was a terrible pun. Well, don't worry. I'll bring you back because what happens next is the thing you've been waiting for the whole movie. They stop the fucking train. Yeah, somebody makes sense. They stop the train. Everyone gets out and they start doing a head count and seeing who's here, who's missing, all that shit. What? This isn't. This isn't a high school field trip. What the fuck? Head count. Go to the police. There is a murderer. Here's the problem, Kev. They're currently in the middle of nowhere. Like, they're in the wilderness. So they... they... Where was their train to? Ohio? I, I don't know, man. Why would you have a train party? I don't get it. <laughs> this is why it's a bad idea. Because it's 1980 and they're in the middle of nowhere and they can't contact anyone. Everybody's getting stabbed. Don't go to train party, kids. You'll get stabbed in the middle of nowhere. So it's eventually decided. They're like, well, I mean, we, we have no choice. Going back is going to take too long. We have to just keep going forward to the our planned destination and get help there. Or they could just go forward to the next any sort of civilization, use a phone, and everybody just sit together staring at each other in a small group until the police arrive. I th- I mean I think civilization is their next stop. That's the problem. Like Where they're the in the middle of this train. <laughs> I don't know, Kev, because the the movie gives you no indication where they are geographically. There are farms, at least. Hopefully, the eighties was not like the frontier of the seventeen hundreds. <laughs> like they weren't venturing into brand new territory. There's. I don't know, Kev. There's large swaths of land in the in America, so what? do what you will. I don't know. This movie never would have worked in Europe. Either way, Elena becomes suspicious. She's like, I think this is Kenny. I think he's come back for revenge after all the shit we did for him, and we're all in trouble. Wow. Just pull that out of nowhere. Wasn't the last time they did anything to him was three years ago? Well, she reveals, and this is where the movie gets interesting. She reveals that after they had pranked him, she had tried to go to visit him in the hospital and apologize, but, like, the doctors wouldn't let her see him because it was too dangerous. Because, apparently, she learned at that time, he may have been involved in a murder before they had ever pranked him. This guy had fucking priors? She said, all she said, it's a one-line bit of exposition, but she's like, they say it was probably an accident, but either way, he was involved in somebody's death. Wow. And it's like, Hold on, wait, you didn't investigate more into that? Oh, well, Kenny seems to be a murderer. That's cool. All right, bye. So she's, she's sure that it's him. And the rest of the friend group is like, or who's left is like, you may be right. This is bad. Who is left at this point? Um, Doc, a couple of... Uh, tertiary people who I didn't mention because they're just sort of there to be victims eventually. They don't really have any development at all. Yep. So, Doc full-on goes into panic mode, and his plan is, I'm gonna lock myself in this one room until we get to safety and I will be fine. Thanks, Doc. Elena's like, no, we need to go check on our friends to see if, like, you know, Kenny's going after them. And he's like, good luck with that. And he locks her out of the room. Wow. What a dick, which I'm not surprised about. So, of course, what happens immediately afterwards is the killer was hiding in that room with him all along and kills him. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. I I see it now. I'm not a good person. 
just now figuring this out. Yep, yep. That probably wasn't the appropriate response to uh, what happened. Well, I mean... He was kind of a jerk. He was kind of a jerk. (laughs) So after that, eventually, shortly after, Elena finds the conductor and is like, you gotta help me. I think I know who the killer is. We gotta go save my friends. They go back to try to talk some sense into Doc and they find his dead body because, of course... The the conductor's like, damn it, again, I have the worst luck with these things. (laughs) So they... For for some reason, Elena has a suspicion. She thinks that the magician bears a similarity to Kenny and that it he might be him. David Copperfield's the murderer? She's like, they look similar. Maybe he, you know, had some work done, but he looks like him, so I think he's the killer. So they're All like, right. all right. Let's go lock him in a room so he can't harm anybody. But they can't find him. They find his assistant, but she's like, I don't know where he is. Great job, assistant. I know, right? Well, probably had more than one job. So after that dead end, the the conductor's like, all right, Elena, I'm going to put you in this room and lock the door so you'll be safe. And I'm going to go track down the killer and we're going to stop him. And... Obviously, you know how great of an idea that sounds in a horror movie. That's going to be great. Everybody split up. We'll figure things out because that's the smartest thing to do. Yeah. So the killer then proceeds to start taking out the train employees one by one, like the porter. They didn't do nothing to them. They're in the way. Wow. (laughs) And eventually gets himself armed with an axe. I don't know why there's an axe on a train. I don't know where he got it, but the killer has an axe. You have that emergency axe on trains in case there's a tree that fell over the tracks. You know, bandits. Actually, that might be what it's for. This isn't the 1800s, Pete. This took place in 1980. All right. I don't know. I don't know how trains work. They died out 10 years ago. Nobody's been on a train in a decade or more. <laughs> so the killer begins chasing Elena, and we've get, we kind of get our variation of the final girl chase right now it's just in a straight line here's what impressed me about this movie they elevate it in this film it's not merely a chase jamie lee curtis and the masked killer have a fucking drop down all out brawl nice like they are jamie they are fucking fighting slamming each other about people are getting bloody faces they're just smashing each other into shit like they are fucking like UFC championship fighting. So you're telling me that Jamie Presley is not Elvis's granddaughter? No, can't, oh my god. Elvis's granddaughter, Elvis Presley's granddaughter is somebody who's not named Presley, but Jamie Presley is not related to Elvis. That is what I'm telling you, except that was what I was telling you in the break. <laughs> All right, this is during the break. Oh my god. Don't worry, we'll edit it so it makes sense before. Don't worry about it. It's great. Uh-huh. It's gonna be great. Right. They're gonna love it. So anyway, <laughs> after this knockout brawl, Elena manages to shove the killer out a door, and they fall out of the train. Wait, both of them? No, 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 just the killer falls out. Alright, but since it's David Copperfield, he just appeared on the top of the train immediately after. Because no. he's a wizard. He does... Known to the audience, but not her. He does grab onto the train and does not fall to his death. I I don't... Okay. 
That seems... I would question that even in an action movie, Pete. <laughs> so she goes back through the train cars and manages to find uh, Charlie, the brake man, one of the train employees. And he's like sitting at a table with his head down. And she goes to him and she's like, I did it. I, got, I killed the killer. We're all safe now. He's on when a break. The... <laughs> heads down. Uh-huh. He's a break when man. Charlie raises his head and it's the killer. How did he even do that? He had to climb up out of sight of a train and then change clothes really quickly. So here's the fucking crazy part of this movie, Kev. This is what blew me away and really amazed oh, me. We're just now getting to the crazy part. The killer reveals himself and it's Kenny. Oh, I and thought it was Doc. There's a quick flashing like montage of a sequence of events where it's like, you know, him killing other people, putting on their costumes and shit. Here's the fucked up part. How was he staying on the train undetected for even even with the costumes thing? It was still impressive. There was another layer to it that we didn't know. Kenny was the magician's hot female assistant. Wait, what? He was cross-dressing. Okay. All right. Well, I like there's only so much modern makeup can do. Like I don't know how attractive Kenny looks, but like I don't I don't think I could ever pass for a hot female assistant. <laughs> I know you couldn't. Well, hey. Hey. <laughs> I clean up well. Here well, here's the thing. So like I fell for it. It wasn't until halfway through the movie that I thought something was up with the, with the assistant because she was always sort of like back of frame and a little out of focus. But on the close-up, I was even like, that's a woman. But then whenever she would talk, it sounded like she was overdubbed with someone else's voice. And I'm like, that's a weird choice. Why did that happen? Why did it happen, Pete? Because it was all an illusion. But I guess the interesting behind-the-scenes story is that the actor who plays Kenny is a crossdresser. He he was in a drag show in New York before he was how in they this found movie. him. Sort actually no, how they found him was he was dropping off a friend of his to audition for the movie. He wasn't even interested. Wow. But then they're like, "Hey, do you want to audition for the part?" And he was like, "I guess." Kind of how like kind of like how I learned about and heard about this movie to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> And when they learned that he was like, a, you know, a, a, a drag, I don't know if he was officially a drag queen. I don't know how official that title needs to be, but like he was in a drag show on stage and they're like, dude, that's literally what we're looking for. Please be in our movie. <laughs> and uh, wow. yeah, he's. I don't I never know if it's appropriate to say it in this way, but I thought he made a very attractive woman. I'm pulling up pictures now and like, yeah, I would be fooled. Yeah, like, I don't, and I'm not saying that, like, I'm trying not to be insensitive. I don't know what the proper terminology you're supposed to use is, because I don't know how that actor self-identifies or anything like that. But I'm like, no, dude, like, I thought that was a woman the whole movie, and it was very clever. And I mean, yeah. <laughs> it was in the 80s, so I'm sure behind the scenes, they were the most improper about it. I can only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, That's like crazy. I was blown away. I was like, I thought the mystery was one thing and it was something else entirely. <laughs> so then Elena tries to apologize. She's like, it was a prank. I didn't want to be a part of it. We shouldn't have it done was it three years ago. Get some therapy. What the fuck? 
I mean, technically he did. He was sent to a hospital, so... Well, okay, if I know anything about movies, and especially horror movies, the um, psychiatric wards don't help anybody. Yeah, according to movies, that... Nah. But so he does not refuse, uh, does not accept her apology and attacks her and then tries to, like, force her to kiss him. What? Then when he does that, he starts immediately flashing back to the night of the prank and starts having another panic attack and screaming and spinning around. So the conductor comes in to fucking steal Jamie Lee Curtis's kill and starts hitting Kenny with a shovel (laughs) until he, like, pushes him out an open door of the train. There's too many of those on this train. It's and, just it, most of it's open doors. It's it's a convertible train. And this time they were going over a bridge over a river. Of and course Kenny they were. Plunges to his death and falls into the icy river below. Kenny, no. It's pretty brutal too, because like he falls, hits a solid piece of ice and oh. like thuds and then rolls into the water. Not not cool. Like, they just wanted to make sure you knew that he was dead and none of this, like, I fell into the water, I'm the winter soldier now bullshit. (laughs) They're like, no, no, this is the last version of the terror trade. We're not making a sequel. Yeah. And, like, literally the movie just, like, the train goes into the distance and, like, they they survived and the movie ends. Maybe they survived. We have no idea where the nearest source of food or water is this train could be just traveling for decades yeah apparently the next town is like three days away by train i don't know maybe this is why this is why trains the train industry is dying you can get away with dozens of murders with nothing bad happening to you he didn't really get away with it did he have i mean if he played his cards right if he like took some boxing while he was in therapy he could have Dude hit him with a shovel. When do they use shovels in boxing? It's it's a special type of boxing. I don't want to play the games you play. (laughs) Okay, so that was Terror Train, I guess. Uh, We just ended it and uh, trained off into the distance. How did the movie work for you, Pete? What was the, you know, what's your critical take? All right, so like I said before at the top, I don't know if it's just because last episode's movie I didn't really like a lot, but I enjoyed this movie very much. Well, you know, it's got Jamie Lee Curtis in it. It's got, you know, she brings a certain prestige to the film. She makes sure this quality work done. I felt this movie was a good mix of, like, actually interesting stuff happening on screen and, like, so ridiculous it just made me laugh out loud. (laughs) You just like magic tricks, Pete. Just, I mean, also there was fucking, heart. also there was fucking magic going on. All right, so that was awesome. Yeah, but no, I thought this movie was a good blend of like silly, over the top eightiesness and actually interesting storytelling. It had a very low budget at three and a half million, but it was passable. Like it looks like any other slasher from the era. It's you get a group of people, you put them in a location, some of them get stabbed. How much money do you really need? <laughs> Especially with it on a train. They just they just shoot it on a train. The, the set's all there. Yeah. I thought it was edited together really well. <laughs> like I said, I was the movie opens and they show you the prank scene and I'm like, I wonder who the killer is going to be. What a dumb movie. And then I was legitimately tricked when the killer was on screen for like half the film and I didn't realize. Ah, they did the double switch for, on you. Yeah, this was like... This this must have been the movie that M. Night Shyamalan studied before he started his <laughs> filmmaking career. Ah, oh, so you let them think one thing, 
And then you do something completely different. Ah! The only thing that was weird about how this movie plays out is, like I said, the B-plot of all the train employees. It just Listen, kept... we need to get the word out there that the train industry is dying. It just kept cutting back to these middle-aged men and older being like, trains of the future, no, airplanes of the future. <laughs> I, there's a great line where the conductor's like, you know, if I'm, not, if I'm on an airplane and I want to take a left, I can at any time. Like, just throwing mad shade at the train industry because they're so on track. Does this person like trains or hate trains? I'm confused. Apparently, he's got a lot of self-loathing about his career choices because he's like, <laughs> planes are the best. Fuck your stupid trains in his train conductor outfit. <laughs> there is one point of contention that you will agree with me on, Kev, and it drove me fucking nuts as soon as I started reading the credits. So Jamie Lee Curtis plays a character named Elena. Yep. Do you want to know how her name is spelled? No, now that you say it, I really don't. A-L-A-N-A. Alana. Alana. But no, the whole movie, they call her Elena. That is not how you spell Elena. There's no E's in that name. Or I's or any vowel after A. (laughs) It's Alana. It's like Alan. Except you add an A at the end. It's like you were trying to say Alan Alda and you got cut off. (laughs) Maybe the makers of the movie were just big fans of Alan Alda. Maybe it's the Canadian way of spelling Elena. Oh no, did we just alienate all of Canada from this podcast? I don't think much of Canada was listening anyway. Well, they're definitely not now, Pete. (laughs) And all the... All the people we poked fun of in the train industry, we lost a whole demographic there, Pete. We are not paying attention to our numbers when we do this. Our marketing, terrible. We're, we're, we'll survive, I think. I think we'll be okay. There's one more behind-the-scenes thing I want to talk about that made me laugh. Uh, so the only like veteran actor on this film was the guy who played the conductor. an actor David named... Copperfield. Shut up. An actor named Ben Johnson, who'd, uh, I guess he'd done a lot of cowboy films. He was a stuntman for a while. Lots of Westerns and shit when he was younger. But he was like, he was like in his 50s or 60s in this movie. So he was the only like veteran actor. And I guess before they started filming, he had a conversation with the director where he's like, hey, can we cut down a lot of the like extra useless expository dialogue for my character? Which I guess he got this as a piece of advice from the from John Wayne himself back in the day, where it's like, less is more. You know, don't have too much stuff to say. Just let your physical acting and your presence say a lot of the stuff. Well, of course John Wayne can say something like that. I know, right? So this fucking guy thinks he's John Wayne. He goes to the director, he's like, hey, hey, let's cut out a lot of the, trim the fat on my dialogue. I want it, you know, presence, less is more. So the director agreed. He's like, no, that's great. Let's do that. Now, I read this tidbit after watching the movie, and I was in complete disbelief because watching the movie, this fucker never shuts up. (laughs) Maybe he was there was even more to begin with. That's dude. That's terrifying. He has more lines of dialogue than some of the fucking main character college students. Well, definitely more than Jackson. Wow. But also true. He does. So I don't know what was going on. Like, what else this character was supposed to be saying? I feel like I'm saying too much about the train industry. (laughs) You know, there's like three pages about me talking about retiring. I don't think we need that. I don't understand why you love or and or hate trains so much. 
I'm honestly a little confused about your train motives. But but no lie, Kev, there's a scene in this movie where it's him and the brake man, like, alone in a room having a conversation, and the conductor is the only one who says anything. Like, he's having a dialogue, quote-unquote, but he's the only one talking. You know how that works. I, you could, I could just imagine the, uh, who's the person he's talking to? The brake man. The brake man is just like, just shut up and leave me alone. He's sitting there trying to eat his sandwich, uh, yep, and it's just okay. like, yep, "Thanks, God damn it, Phil, just just go away, just leave <laughs> me alone for my fifteen minutes I have to myself." I'm on a break, break man, break man. So yeah, that's that. I just thought that was a really funny background story, but otherwise, I dug this movie. I would watch it again. I had a good time. Great. I, I think I might was- watch it. I think it was pretty well made. It only made eight million on its three and a half budget. I mean, that's a profit, right? I guess. Dep- I mean, a little bit of a profit because you got. I, I guess they did put a lot into the marketing, so that ups what you need to make back more. But yeah, it did something. I will say it. It did well enough based on how it was created, which was literally a producer said to someone, "I want to make Halloween, but on a train." <laughs> Is that why they got Jamie Lee Curtis? Probably. All right, you were in that. You were in that movie about the stabbing guy, right? Yeah. Okay, just get on a train, lady. That's. I mean, that's how all the greatest films were made. It's like, hey, I want to do this thing that was already done, but somewhere else. Okay, but like the whole changing costumes thing and cross-dressing thing, and was the assistant the whole time thing? That's a lot deeper and a little bit more convoluted than Halloween, which is just this one dude in a mask walks around with a knife. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like, they, they, it was created on a simple premise, but, like, they took it a lot further. You know what? I kind of wanted this movie to take off, and I wanted to see the next 12 movies of Terror Train. I want to see where they went with all the train action. Maybe one time it was on a bus. Maybe one time the train was flying. I don't know. Terror Train has eight sequels, a Rob Zombie remake. (laughs) (laughs) One's in the space station in the future. (laughs) Rob Zombie's Terror Train is like, it is in like the old west and fucking people are getting brutally murdered by like fucking. Let's make um, the Terror Chain franchise. Let's make that a thing. Everybody write to your constituents. Yeah, no, write to your congressman about making Terror Train a franchise. That's what we need to be politically active about. We're doing it. I'm in, Kev. Let's make the Terror Train film series. Who should uh, who should watch this movie, Pete? Um, I say everybody. So everybody. horror fans, check this movie out. You may or may not have seen it before because it's not huge like some of the other horror staples. But for a slasher film from 1980, I think it's a really good time. And non-horror fans, I think, could also enjoy it. It's not overly graphic. I think it's a movie you could ease into if you're just getting into horror. And uh, I, it was it's perfectly enjoyable. It's not too gory. It's not too it's I mean, it's obviously not straight up scary. It's a little too silly to be scary, but it's an interesting <laughs> film. Kev, is there a niche group that you think could benefit from Terror Train? Yeah, if you're in the railroad industry and you're worried about where this your your particular career is going to take you in the next 10 years, I think this is going to be a good uh foreshadowing of how things work in the train industry there's a lot of 
really good technical know-how about the industry and how it works and how the ins and outs of train conducting goes. So I think this is a good how-to guide for that. Um, also, if you're looking to learn magic, why not learn from the best? David fucking Copperfield. Let's do this. What? what? Copperfield in the house? <laughs> And uh, be sure to, uh, you know, keep abreast of our podcast and all the information about that as we go on and we start making Terra Train 2, 3, 4, 7, 8, not in that order. And we also do the remake with Rob Zombie. I'm excited for this, Kev. <laughs> this is going to be places great. we could take this train. I can't wait until at the we do the, the, the far future one and it has... Um... Is it going to be a space train? Yes, it's going to be a space train with Uber Kenny in it. Yes. Oh, you know what I'm excited for is the random one in the middle that has nothing to do with anything. It's not even on a train. It's not, there, there's no trains even involved. Maybe one scene is in a train yard, but even that's stretching it. And it's like a middle-aged dude is the guy <laughs> that we're following. It'll be the conductor will be the main character. <laughs> As he struggles with like coming to terms with the fact that his livelihood, his the the thing that he's fed his wife and kids with for fifty years, that industry is dying, and he doesn't know what to do. He's also terrorized by an axe murderer. I love it. Okay, I think that's enough for today, Kev. What about you? Yeah, let's get out of here. Let's wish everyone a happy new year. I hope you guys enjoyed the. Oh yeah, there was no fucking point in it being a new year. None at all. They never even celebrate the the ball drop or anything. There was nothing to do with anything. Could have been at any time of the year. Wouldn't have made a difference. Wow. All right. Well, but that's our counts. New Year's special. It counts, baby. That's why I threw it in here. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. And remember, as we get into 2021, don't get too scared.